and welcome to Freelancing for Journalists, the podcast that tells you everything you need to know about working for yourself. I'm Lily Cantor, a freelance money, health and lifestyle journalist. And I'm Emma Wilkinson, a freelance journalist specialising in health and medicine. This episode is a special bonus episode, which will be a different format to our usual offering. Yeah, so one thing that you don't get as a freelancer is that annual appraisal with a manager who can help guide you in what you want from your career, what training you might need, what you need to get to your goals. Yeah, and although we've always written goals for the year for ourselves um, and spent time reflecting on what we want to do and what we don't want to do as freelancers, um, I was really keen to actually do an appraisal So I thought it'd be quite fun if we kind of did an appraisal for each other um, and recorded it just to kind of show freelancers that it is possible to have a development plan in place and and kind of how you might go about it. Yeah, so that's the plan. If this goes well, and it may not because we've we've written notes, but we don't know what each other's going to say, is to show you how you can do a self-appraisal as a freelancer or even do it in conversation uh, with a friend. Yeah, so let's get started. Okay, we've both made notes on a form and basically we've modified one that was shared by Laura Oliver on the uh, Society of Freelance Journalists. Uh, Yeah, so we're going to go through it, uh, asking each other questions, teasing out any issues we may have and offering thoughts. And while I was writing my notes, Lily, I actually remembered that you once did an appraisal for me as my manager um, when you were in your management role at at Hallam University. I mean, that was more about training and development that I might want. Um, But this isn't a necessarily completely new thing to us. Do you know, I completely forgot that I did that. Um, yeah, that, that does ring a, a vague bell now, actually. Uh, yeah, that was about kind of identifying um, any skills training you needed or any events you wanted to go to. Um, so, yeah, we, we have been through this in a similar sort of way before. Um, so it will be interesting to see what we both come up with. Yeah, we have. And we do talk to each other fairly often about work that we're doing and what we want to do and um, Lily's many many ideas that she comes up with constantly um, right so we're starting this process with uh, a SWOT analysis so that's looking at strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats so I'm gonna um, start by asking you Lily so should we talk about your strengths yeah okay so I've written a f- few ideas down here um so my strengths so what I've basically written down is um I'm adaptable um reliable I seem to these days have mastered pitching um that doesn't seem to be such a an issue as it was in the beginning um I seem to have kind of got the knack of that Um, And I do come up with constant ideas um, for kind of doing different things, having new ventures, which I know sometimes can be slightly alarming, Emma, when you're when you're involved. Um, So I guess, yeah, I'm kind of I think my strengths are that I come up with good ideas and I can deliver on them, um, I suppose, in a nutshell. Shall I move on to weaknesses? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are good strengths. I would agree with those weaknesses then. 
Um, okay, so I think my biggest weakness is I'm very fickle. Um, and this has come, um, I suppose, I've, I've kind of noticed this pattern. I have had several careers. So I've had a career in local newspapers. I left that to then go and do a PhD. I then got into lecturing. I then got into management. I then went freelance. Uh, then we started doing freelance for journalists. I also um, now coach runners. I used to run a film festival. Um, I get bored quite easily and I don't like doing the same thing all the time. So I never necessarily build up like one thing. Um, I've always got lots of strings to my bow, which I guess is a strength as well. But yeah, I can kind of recognize that perhaps I'm a little bit fickle if that's the right word um opportunities then um yeah so again I guess this comes out of sort of ideas um so I know there's like lots of different things we want to do with freelancing journalists we've got ideas for different um events going more down the events route um in terms of opportunities um, I mean, there's obviously always new publications to write for, and I'm always keen to to kind of get into different places and not just write for the same people all the time. Um, on the running side of things, I think there's opportunities there. I'd like to do more coaching. I'd like to get into running retreats. Um, actually, this morning, I also volunteered myself. Um, I was talking to the chair of the PTA and I said, oh, I could run an athletics club at school. Emma is <laughs> shaking her head in despair. Um, but yeah, so there are, there's always opportunities to do, to do new things, I think. Um, I suppose yeah, so well, I'd be doing a lot of podcasts teaching this year, and I think there's definitely scope to do more of that as well. Okay, fantastic. So uh, threats then, your final bit. Time. <laughs> uh time spreading myself too thin I think that's kind of the biggest threat and also uh getting the right work-life balance um not ending up divorced because I am just spending all my time doing all the different things that I want to do um and rates as well we have I have to kind of bear in mind that rates are pretty stagnant um and the the things I want to do I need to make it financially viable um, and only really when it comes to the, the writing work, um, write for those publications that have got fair rates. So yeah, that's kind of what I came up with. I don't know if that's what, what you were thinking I might say, Emma. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, you'll see when we get to threats that that's my threats that quite interestingly, we pretty much said the same thing. <laughs> yeah I think it's you it is useful to reflect on these things sometimes I think SWAT is a bit oh it's just a bit of a kind of PR term um but actually it is quite useful to talk through those things and just think them through so come on Emma let's have yours then what are your strengths okay so I have a really strong specialism I would say that's my biggest strength that I'm kind of known for that people will seek me out and come to me for that knowledge that I have in health journalism 
Um, I do have lots of regular work. So my income is fairly reliable. I do have publications who seem to come back to me time and time again. Um, I mean, you mentioned reliable and I think that's, I mean, I think I just, I'm quite good at just delivering what I'm asked to, to deadline. And that just seems to be something that people uh, want. Um, but I think I do have, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I do still have a variety of work. I've kind of made myself quite sound quite boring there, but actually I do have lots of different things that I do. So that's a strength. You're not relying on any one. Just drop my pen. <laughs> You're not relying on any one source of income um, or kind of job to tide you over. There's lots of different things that I do. Um, weaknesses. Now, it's interesting what you said about spread too thinly, because I put that in my weaknesses, because I'm terrible at saying no. You know this about me, yeah. that I just can't say no, because I just think, I don't know what it is. I am getting better at it. I said no to a shift this morning. I just have no hope of ever being able to fit in. I, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I like saying yes. I like being able to help. And uh, But yeah, sometimes that does mean I spread myself way too thinly and get quite stressed. Um, when actually maybe I just need to manage that a bit better weaknesses have lots of ideas but no time to pitch comes back to the mm. yeah just yeah am I doing the things that I want to do I don't know uh opportunities um yeah I'd like to pitch and I've said this pretty much every year since I have gone freelance <laughs> every year at the start of the year on the 1st of January I write in a notebook all the things I want to do over the next year every single time it has been about pitching work to more mainstream publications to national newspapers to kind of getting my foot in the door um, in kind of more mainstream work and going back to the strengths that never happens because I do have this kind of constant stream of reliable work and stuff just get it just gets pushed to the bottom of the pile um so I really would like to address that because that's something I'm so keen to do and I've never like I need to make the time for myself to do that I think because there is and there are lots of opportunities there um threats yeah I take on too much um Budgets are not great. Some are disappearing. There's publications that I work for that used to be print and online have moved to online when coronavirus hit. Lots of freelance budgets suddenly disappeared. It's the first thing to go. So even though I have got reliable work, it's not necessarily set in stone. And as you mentioned, Lily, about rates. So, um, Rates are really stagnant. I'm working at the same rate for many publications as I did when I started working for them 10 years ago. And uh, I need to try and wangle some more flexibility in those budgets because I think they're paying for my expertise and experience and specialism. And I think they get something from me that is worth more. <laughs> so it's just about how you have those negotiations, I think, rather than just thinking, well, there's no give in those budgets. So I'm just going to carry on at the yeah. same rate forever and end up working twice as hard to try and boost my income yeah um, so yeah were you surprised about it? I don't think you'd be surprised by any of those things that I mentioned um 
No, <laughs> no, not really. I mean, the, um, other, the other threat that is on there is with regards to teaching. So I'm an associate lecturer at Sheffield Hallam, um, which I've done for years and years. But as an associate lecturer, that is obviously not, you know, it's set in stone. The teaching hours that you get changes over time to time. There's, you know, pay rates change. There was a bit of a row about marking this year. And there's lots of uncertainty there about whether you get round to September and you are going to be used again. Mm. And it is something that's going to continue. So I think I need to think a bit more about what I want from that part of my career as well. Yeah, and not necessarily, I suppose, again, having all your eggs in one basket with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all things, um, yeah, you've mentioned um, before, particularly about um, pitching to national publications. I was going to ask you actually about that that pitch you you did the other day, whether you sent that. No. <laughs> no, I have a pitch waiting to go. Um, and then every week is just booked up. And I think if I send this pitch and they pick it up, how am I actually going to Yeah, see, I'm, I'm too impatient. If I get an idea, I just pitch it. If, and even if it's a new publication, I just get overexcited and send it. And then I worry about the consequences later. Um, and that comes down to my, yeah, this kind of fickleness, I suppose, of like, gotta, gotta act on it fast before I move on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, that's quite, I wouldn't ever, I don't think I've ever, wouldn't ever sit down and kind of do a SWOT analysis. I'm like, that just seems like too corporate yeah. speak to me. But actually, that was a really good way to set the scene for the next questions that we have. It did get kind of the ball rolling yeah. and got me starting to think about different things. So um, we're going to move on to some questions. And actually, the the adapted, we'll put the original and our adapted version on the show notes and share those with you so that um, you can use our template if you want to. But the first question I've got for you, Lily, is um, what was the best thing you worked on this year and why was that? Yeah, I found it difficult to narrow this down to like one thing. There was there was a few different things. And again, because I wear different hats, I suppose um, I'd break it down. In terms of like the freelance journalism, um, I think the things that I really enjoyed the most were the more kind of in-depth features, the kind of meaty stuff. Um, I really loved writing for Moneywise magazine and I was gutted when that was closed. Um, not only because it had like a long history, but just I really enjoyed writing for them and their rates were very good. And I got to do more investigative reports for them. And I've not really found a new home for that kind of work. Um, I mean, I did do a cover feature for Pulse um, about COVID, the rollout of the COVID vaccination. I really enjoyed that. Um, so I guess that kind of um, in-depth analysis or investigative features is the stuff that I've really enjoyed. Um, but I'm also quite enjoying building up a niche around running um, and writing about running. And I've done a few things over the last year and that, fits quite nicely with the coaching that I'm doing um and I really enjoy coaching runners and that's actually although it's a side hustle at the moment 
it's something I'd really like to do more of. Um, so that's kind of something I've kind of got in the back of my mind is how I can develop that. And then all the stuff we've been doing with the podcasts and the webinars and teaching about podcasting. I've really enjoyed all of that kind of uh, educational stuff as well. Um, that's the thing, though, when you're freelance is you can't even enjoy everything in a way because you're picking and choosing um, what you're doing. But, yeah, I guess those are kind of the key things for me. It's like the in-depth features, building up a bit more of a running running writing portfolio um kind of yeah the two journalism things so emma question to you then what what the best things you've worked on this is hilarious we did not communicate collaborate about our answers before this but i've pretty much written the exact same thing as you my first thing was doing investigations and more in-depth features word for word (laughs) on there which is hilarious because i don't i I think there'll probably be quite a lot of our answers that aren't that similar um, but that really made me laugh. We're just the same. Um, but yeah, investigations are more in-depth features and I do get, I'm looking that I do get to do quite a lot of those. Um, so I've done some for the BMJ this year and I do quite a lot for Pulse and they started a new supplement, which they asked me to do the cover feature on that's quarterly. So, um, I do have quite a few, um, opportunities to do that and when you're in it it feels quite hard and you think am I going to find everybody that I need to speak to and you end up with a transcript of 4,000 words and think how am I going to actually turn this into a feature and every time I think oh that was hard but actually it's so satisfying and it's the first thing that came to my mind when I thought what is the bit of my work that I enjoy the most um but like you I do like doing lots of different things. And so the freelancing for journalists stuff, I do, I really enjoy, particularly the podcast, because I think it's so different from any other bits that I do. And so different, just kind of learning a new skill and doing something, just getting to chat. We've had some amazing guests um, and I've learned so much. And I think so genuinely have really enjoyed doing the podcast. And then the one bit that I, you didn't, have but I have realized that I do love is my I do once a week I do a new shift for Pulse and um those new shifts were dropped at the start of coronavirus so I have actually now experienced having that kind of gone and that wasn't there anymore then they came back at once a fortnight now they've got me back once a week um and I wouldn't want to do any more than that in terms of new shifts but I really like that change of pace just once a week doing that breaking news filing loads of stories in a day I just it's just so different to all the other things I do and I'm just totally focused on that for a day and it is classic straightforward news writing um that yeah I mean I couldn't do that every day it's quite a lot of high pressured stuff but yeah just having that one a week that suits me um really down to the ground and I don't know if I'd have said that prior to coronavirus it's kind of not having something and then it comes back actually really interesting that you don't know you miss it until it's gone yeah exactly okay so Lily you mentioned the in-depth features and money wise we need to find you a new money wise the next question is how Mm. can you find more work like this 
Yeah, I guess this comes back to kind of having time and a bit of headspace to kind of seek out those publications where you can do more of that work. Um, I did have a virtual copy with an editor the other day, and that was really useful to kind of find out what they're looking for and whether there was, you know, more scope for kind of doing kind of stories that I'm interested in. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just kind of doing the research, making the contacts um, in order to do that. I mean, I, I don't have a problem coming up with the ideas. It's just kind of finding a home for them. Um, and like you say, you get bogged down in the kind of regular work and some of that regular work is quite easy. So I'll see stuff that I can pitch and I know it'll be quick to turn around. I know it'll get picked up. Um, it pays quite well, but actually, is it as fulfilling as as other types of stories? Um, and should I be spending a bit more time initially making some more contacts so that I can do that more fulfilling work? Um, it's just getting that balance right, I think. So yeah, it's it's just down to doing doing some homework, really. I think with that. Um, but I mean, for yourself, if, if you're already doing that kind of work and you've already got your new shift that you like doing, what can you do to kind of be doing more work like that? Well, I was thinking about this and I mean, when it comes to the kind of more in-depth features and investigations, I was thinking, are there different people that I can do it for? I mean, this comes back to working, pitching, I have lots of ideas. I think this would be great in, you know, this newspaper, um, loads of ideas, but then I never do anything about it because I'm so caught up in the regular work. Um, so I never get anywhere with it, but that's the kind of work that I really enjoy where you have to interview loads of different people and uh, kind of, you know, bring an idea together so I think it's about not taking on too much yeah. um trying to find that balance in the week of having a protected day to kind of do pitching or think of ideas or do things more broadly rather than um every day having a list of here's all the things I need to get through today and it is a crazy mash you know rush to do all of them and usually most days something will get moved to the next day and it's just mad like just having some time to take a step back and think right this is an article that I've written for a specialist publication but outside that specialist publication no one really knows about this issue story I could be pitching this you know with a different angle to a more to like the general public to a more mainstream publication um and enjoying doing that work but for you know a different type of publication and also I mean this goes without saying because we're going to do this anyway but just to keep growing the podcast to you know to make sure that we can keep doing more podcast episodes and all the bits of freelancing for journalists that um I do really enjoy um and we can talk about how to solve spreading ourselves too thinly <laughs> later on maybe I need to get better at delegating um so yeah, let's move on to what you enjoyed the least. 
I don't quite know what you're going to answer here, so I'm really interested. This was really easy. Shift work. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you stopped the shifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hate doing shift work, Um, which is really interesting because you you enjoyed it. I think, I mean, I think there were different types of shift work, and I just think that particular shift work didn't work for me because it was quite rigid. Um, There wasn't, you know, I, I... I was starting before the kids were at school, so that was really stressy. Um, I was like starting in the morning. I suddenly had to run out, take the kids to school, come back, work through, you know, churn out a certain number of stories a day. It wasn't necessarily a lot of original reporting. Um, I didn't find it particularly fulfilling. Um, I think, but for me, it was, yeah, that time constraint of like you have to you have to clock on at this time and you and you clock out at that time that just didn't work for me and it's been so long since I've been in a newsroom or had a job like that um you know in even when I worked in university it's much more you're much more autonomous um so yeah for me that that didn't work so if I did ever take on any shift work it would have to be on my terms which doesn't always work for publication but it would have to be you know I know you where you do shifts are much more flexible um but it would have to be you know you do x number stories a day and if you need to start after the school run that's fine um and um yeah and not this kind of clock in clock out that just for my life just doesn't work and it's not even that I quite like having deadlines and having quick turnaround and have, like you say have that change of pace that's quite an adrenaline rush on the day um but it's just the stress of adding that to children just just doesn't didn't work for me yeah I mean I think a lot of that comes down to the team that you're working for yeah because I think I've known the Pulse is a really small team and I've known them for such a long time that it is much more relaxed and flexible. And if I need to be the person to go and pick up the kids in the middle of the day, that day, they don't care. You know, they trust me to kind of get done what needs to be done. I might feel very differently if it was a super (laughs) high pressure clock in at eight situation. Yeah, and and this was very much like that and you had someone keeping track of how many stories you were writing and yeah it just it just wasn't yeah just wasn't for me how what about you though what did you enjoy the least okay so I have a few things here it's not one particular thing I I think it's aspects of the job that I enjoy the least and I don't know if I can actually get rid of any of these because it's just part and parcel of doing the other stuff but any kind of organizing other people to do something Mm. boring admin chasing photos drives me up the wall (laughs) like I can't tell you how much I hate it because it's and there's a theme here it's all where I have to rely on other people to do something for me or to say yes it's like herding cattle sometimes and it's just I I can't my partner's a project manager and I don't know how you do that job. I can't, like, I just, I think this is why I'm freelance. I just want to be in control of what I'm doing and I know I'm going to do it and that's fine. Um, and when I was thinking about 
the bits also in the year that I didn't like. I've done lots of, like we've done it together and I've done it individually as well, guest lectures at various universities. And that was super enjoyable because it was kind of going in for an hour, giving some expertise that might've been quite hard to organize pre-coronavirus, but now we're all on Zoom, that's great. Teaching a module, a practical module that I would normally teach face-to-face and doing that online, I didn't enjoy at all. Um, And I know that's nothing that is in my control and we all did our best and the students did great and we all did fine and we got there in the end. But how can, I don't know how to teach news writing when really when you're not kind of stood over them behind the computer <laughs> editing their work as they go. Mm. And um, I've always loved teaching and it just felt like, oh, let's just get through this, which is a complete different. It's just a different approach, a different mindset, like oh, we're just going to get through this. Um, so I really didn't like that. But then I suppose that's going to have that's going to go isn't it but it's, it's really interesting in I, I love teaching online but I love doing the webinars and things I think it was the whole module of student I don't mm. know it just and didn't the subject yeah yeah because teaching podcasting online I found worked really well um and I've got good feedback and there are elements of it that next year that we're going to keep online because the students were recording online so you can't in a classroom get them to record online so that, yeah that respect it worked quite well and engage- I think maybe there's subjects that work and subjects mm. that don't yeah engagement I found was much much better actually but yeah I think it's all about learning about what works and what doesn't um, I mean also that was happening during a really stressful time <laughs> for everybody yeah, students yeah. were all getting coronavirus we were like yeah, it was just a nightmare so but yeah genuinely didn't really have fun doing that so it was just a case of cracking on and that's not why I'm a freelancer I'm a freelancer just like let's get through this that's not a great feeling is it okay so what needs to change as a result Lily I mean you kind of already made your change yeah I mean yeah I just stopped doing the shift work just one day I just went I had enough of this stopped doing it um but I guess it's not falling into that trap again. So being more selective, um, which, yeah, is sometimes you'll see something and you'll think, oh, that'd be perfect for me. And then actually think, yeah, it might be perfect for me in terms of that's my, you know, that's a topic I write about a lot, but actually are the working conditions, do they suit me? Um, and obviously it's different when you're starting out but I think when you're at the point where we are in our careers we do need to be selective and really stop and think do I want to do this and it's not you know it's not a case of I need to do this for the money we're not in that position where we're scrabbling around for work we do find it difficult to say no but um, you know if you're putting yourself forward for something then think why why am I putting myself forward for this do I really want to do this work is it going to fit with my lifestyle my bigger aims I suppose yeah it's like there will be occasions where opportunities that on paper look like 
oh that you know this is regular work or it's for someone that you really respect or whatever it might be but taking that step back and thinking actually on a day-to-day practical basis for me and what I enjoy and how this is going to fit into everything else is this what I want to be doing yeah being a bit ruthless about it yeah I think so so how about for you what needs to change how can you not have to deal with other people (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's not going to happen is it but I guess stop saying yes to work that I don't want so there have been occasions when I've said yes to doing something that I know is going to be a hassle I know from the start from what they're asking that this is just going to be a faff and actually when you take into account the money that they're offering that's actually not enough for the amount of hours that I'm going to spend chasing and messing around trying to sort this out um I mean I think we'd all like to campaign for publications to bring back picture editors but you know that's yeah. not going to happen um but yeah just taking a step back and going actually what am I getting out of this like you don't have to say yes to everything if I actually just don't want the hassle of dealing with that particular bit of work that I know is not going to be straightforward um just say no and yeah. when it comes to the university stuff, I mean, coronavirus aside, because let's assume that in September we're all back as normal face to face. And I, I do need to have a think about where my university teaching fits in with everybody else and what I, everything else I do and what I want to do with it. I've kind of fallen into a pattern. Mm. And every year I don't even know in September if I'm going to be asked to teach. And I, d- I don't know, that just feels a bit, I feel like that's not something that I'm very in control of. Every other bit of my work, I'm more in control of it, if you see what I mean. Um, but, you know, I do enjoy teaching the, you know, pre-COVID version of it. Um, yeah. I guess I think I need a bigger reflection there on on how it fits in. And I don't think I've quite come to a conclusion about that yet. Yeah. Have you thought any more about um, like making, get, switching from that being a associate lecturer to something more permanent, like having that, a small contract? I think for me, that's a definite no. Um. A few years ago, you know, Lily, I did apply for a more permanent role um, that then didn't really exist. But I I think going through that process made me realise that that's not actually what I want and a more permanent role would come, would come with all the admin stuff that I say that I hate and don't yeah. want. Um. But, but at the moment, I am in a kind of no man's land. Yeah, at least you've got the security of, like, I've got a 0.3 contract, which basically equates to a day and a half a week. So at least I know I've always got a day and a half a week of teaching. Um, I don't know whether that, what subject necessarily that's going to be on, because I tend to change my mind what I want to teach on every year. Um, but yeah, you've got that security but then again you've got that security to a certain extent with your shifts haven't you yeah I mean I think the tricky part is that I wouldn't there wouldn't as far as I 
can tell there wouldn't be an opportunity for a small part contract moment, no um so and I wouldn't want anything anywhere near 0.5 so or above so it kind of goes out the window part of me thinks about spreading my wings and looking for opportunities at other universities mm-hmm. um, and I did do some teaching for University of West London this year that came about because essentially because of the pandemic so you know they were looking for people to teach some modules via zoom um so that's one option it also comes back to the thing that I never have ever found the time to do to finish my FHEA qualification and I can't see myself finding the time it just I've been trying to do it for years and you know it's perhaps only a day or two of hard concentrated form filling in but I just I never have that day or two ever really yeah so this is the it's I think it's the fellow of the higher education academy yeah and it basically is a reflection for those who don't know it it's kind of a a qualification that reflects that you have been teaching and doing it for a period a number of years and it's kind of a qualification that you can get it's quite a complicated process of academic um essay writing form filling in case study gathering and I just yeah and, and then I just think right well I'm clearly not going to do that I've tried to do it a number of times and I've never found the time to do it so therefore does that mean that I don't care about this aspect of my but it, career and I don't know well it's difficult isn't it because you don't get paid to do it so you have to do it in your own time once you've had it you're not going to get paid anymore you've already got work so it's kind of like what is the point in doing it's not it? much incentive unless other positions at universities come up and they care about that but I don't know that they would no they just might ask you to do it yeah but maybe that's point. what that's the only way I'm going to do it is if someone forces me to yeah anyway that doesn't really solve anything but um <laughs> I think the stop saying yes to work I don't want and just be more thoughtful about it yeah is what we can sum up there so skills Lily are there things that you want to learn or get better at yeah so I had to think about this and I don't know with like with journalism I, I feel like pretty comfortable with most things I know we've talked about TikTok and freelancing for journalists like how we develop into that space and I don't yeah I don't know whether it's skills to learn it's just like something to have a go at um and perhaps need to kind of get my head wrapped around TikTok a bit more um in terms of like actual I suppose skills that I am gonna do and I've already kind of signed up to this is I'm doing my next running coaching qualification so it's coaching and running fitness so I've I've got the kind of stage one which is leadership and now I'm going to do coaching which is later on in the year I'm going to do that training um so again that's kind of building up my sort of side hustle um and I was umming and ahhing about whether to do that because it's quite an expensive course and then I just thought you know what I'll just do it I'll just do it so yeah that they're the kind of only things I thought about really um there's no other I don't know 
there's no other sort of burning areas where I feel, oh, I want to learn about that or learn about that. Um, what skills would you like I had, to learn? I had TikTok on mine as well. <laughs> the problem is, can you learn about TikTok without having to go into it? Because no. every time it makes me want to throw my phone at the wall. Um, I would, one thing that I've actually had on my list for a while, and I did do something towards this in the um, start of the pandemic, is to be more skilled at using Excel and be able to like manipulate data and just be more kind of fluid and clever about taking a data source from somewhere and making pivot tables and just using it mm. to kind of find stories. And I did do a BBC free course at, um, over like two webinars at the start of the pandemic. They were putting loads of free stuff online um, about using Excel and pivot tables and they had examples and stuff. So I've, I've, I've like, I've made a start um, but I think I would like to know and learn more about that because I'm still pretty basic and I have done investigations like FOI stuff where I'm collating loads of data and I always think I think there's an easier simpler way yeah. that I can do in this so that is still on my list I mean I'm organizing with the Medical Journalists Association that I'm now an executive committee member because we're organizing a meeting in of an actual face-to-face -face conference in October and part of that's going to be about data investigation and data journalism so I think making connections I think I just need to keep I don't want to do something formal but I think I need to keep my eye out for those like webinars and training opportunities yeah. that pop up everywhere that I can just tap into and just try and build a bit more on um so yeah, I think that's that's my only one, but it's definitely something that has been on my agenda for uh, a while because I think it would just be very practically useful to me. So, Lily, do you want to earn the same more or less and how does that fit with your work-life balance? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've since I quit, my full-time job at university I always had a figure in mind and basically I wanted to be able to earn as much freelance as I was when I was working at university and I've pretty much I think this year I will have hit that figure so I kind of feel like equilibrium has it's come back and my world is kind of back in balance now um so I don't want to get too bogged down with kind of saying, oh, I want to earn more, I want to earn more, because then that then means I start on taking on more work, not being as selective, not necessarily doing what I want to do. So I'm quite happy kind of just staying where I am at the moment. Um, to me, it's more important that I have the right life-work balance. Now, I am a workaholic, so that balance does kind of mean quite a lot of work, but it's about choosing the work that I want to do um so for me that is far more important um than how much I earn um as long as I kind of can keep at the same level I think that's what I just need to keep bearing in mind because I think it it is quite easy to kind of chase figures and think I want to grow you know think of yourself as a business I want to earn more each year but actually that's not why you're freelance so you know I, yeah I think it's just about getting that balance right what what's your take on this yeah so quite similar I mean I think I have earned 
more this year than ever before. Um, but it's also the first year in about 10 years where I've not been on maternity leave or been working part-time in theory. Um, so my youngest went, started school um, in September. So it's actually the first time when I have actually got five full days um, to run it, even though I was probably working full-time hours quite a lot of weeks, but it, it was crazy manic firefighting evenings and weekends exhaustion and that's not a good work-life balance so I'm really pleased that naturally I've got to this point where I am working five days a week and full-time again and I've earned more doing it so it's working it's not that <laughs> I've suddenly expanded into this five-day week and there's nothing to show for it and um actually you know it's enough I'm not that it's fine I'm earning I'm earning enough to make a good living and that's fine um I think there are little tweaks around that, that I would like to make so there are certain bits of work that I do that I would like to make more from because I think I'm not earning enough for the skill that that I bring to the to the role so there's some bits and bobs of negotiation to be had there and um, we are I'm getting better at not working evenings and weekends I'm getting much better at that. So I'm, that was something that I was working on and hopefully that stays. We are both, well, it's not yet the first time for you, but we're both having got an interesting experiment in sort of taking the summer off, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, and I also did this at Christmas for the first time. I took two weeks off um, and we've, you know, put a pot of money aside so that we can take a decent amount of time off over summer. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of want to see if that, works and how I feel about that and if yeah do I um, want to work those term time hours is that the going forward is that what's going to work how many weeks do you plan to have off in the summer? okay so I've got three weeks that I'm taking off completely and then the other three weeks of the summer holidays I'm only working uh one to two days in each of those weeks and I've already kind of booked that time in um so that we don't have to use any kids clubs or yeah anything like that um so yeah I think it's a bit of an experiment is that what I want you know what happens to the work does it come back does it come back I mean assume it will be fine um but yeah so that's something then thinking about going forward do I need to move into a proper term time working pattern will that fit is that what I want <laughs> yeah do you want to spend six um, weeks with the kids after yeah the, maybe the not maybe not maybe it them. won't work but it'll be an interesting experiment because I've never done it before and because we've kind of saved for this it's not I don't think there's there's not going to be any hit noticeable hit to income which is always what's put me off in the past so yeah it'll be interesting to see if we come back and do this in a year's time if that actually worked or not Okay, so let's go into our... Lily, where do you see yourself in the next year? <laughs> or, as the question says, what is your one-year goal? I want to write another book. <laughs> I had that on my five-year. Oh, ambitious. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more books, more than one book on my five-year. Um, yeah, I suppose. I suppose it depends, like, where this year starts. So I'm thinking more um maybe like 2022 when I'm okay. thinking like like that year what do I want to do in that year because I feel like this year is pretty much planned yeah 
Um, but um, I, I think I would like to build my portfolio around running writing and perhaps build up a little bit of more of a niche. And I've already got a couple of things commissioned by Running Magazine. I'd very much like to get into more running magazines. Um, and it's just a little bit of a challenge for myself as well. I think that's what I quite like about that. I did sit and think, oh, but there's loads of people writing about running. And then thought, no, actually, when I started freelancing, that was my worry. Oh, there's loads of freelancers out there. How am I going to make my own mark? And actually, it's fine. So I think I just need to not worry about that. Um, so, yeah, I guess build up my running writing portfolio. I want to increase the amount of running coaching I'm doing. And those two kind of fit quite nicely together. Um, I've got ideas around a book and that's probably related to running as well. Um, but I've also, I've always said this, and this is kind of like you, Emma, saying with your pitching for nationals, I'd like to do a long read. Um, I'd like to pitch a long read, but I, I keep kind of putting it off. And I, I, I did have some ideas, but they're a bit out of date now. So I haven't quite come across the subject yet, but I would, I really like the idea of, pitching something kind of long form um but you have to spend a lot of time developing your idea um and that was on my list I think last year beginning of last year or maybe even the year before I can't remember that one's always on my list and then I never quite get to it um so yeah there's a few different things there well so let's do let's do your five year goal at the same time because that might move yeah, on quite so it's nicely. quite hard this thinking about um your five-year goal and it, it reminded me of like when I used to go to my first job interviews and they were saying where do you see yourself in 10 years time and it was always about this kind of career ladder and you're always trying to build something else and a higher position and it's like oh well I'm I'd like to be an editor of a local newspaper and then it's like I'd like to be head of department um Whereas now, I'm not interested in climbing a career ladder. I just want to do fulfilling and interesting work. Um, and so thinking like five years ahead is quite, quite difficult. Um, so I've just written like more, more books. I'd like to write more books. I quite, you know, I enjoy the book we wrote together. And there's just something quite nice about having written a book I don't know there's something tangible tangible about it I guess because a lot of the stuff we write is so kind of disposable um and having that 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 writing that kind of lasts um, are we talking non-fiction oh god yeah yeah, yeah. figured yeah. just just to make it clear <laughs> to everybody no I'm not writing any fiction god no I'd be awful at that no definitely not we're talking non-fiction um and again I guess the area that I see developing is kind of a new thing is building up the running coaching and this idea of doing running retreats and I'd love to be able to take people away to do running in different places in the UK um that perhaps are not like really intense like let's run a hundred miles this weekend but kind of more of a intermediate level um yeah and I can kind of see that 
being a sort of thing I could do in retirement as well. I know, like, that's a bit of a way off, but um, I just see that's quite a nice little thing to do on the side. Um, so, yeah, it, but I don't know because I know that, you know, in a year's time, this will probably all change and I'll be wanting to do something completely different. So, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I mean, if you'd have asked me two years ago where we'd be at with freelancing for journalists, just as a starting point. Yeah. Then, yeah, we were in the midst of finishing the book and <laughs> wouldn't have had any of these ideas. So, yeah. Yeah, it does seem a bit like the, especially the five year ones, I found that really should hard. be a bit more abstract, I think, because that's the point about freelancing, isn't it? You're not mm. moving up a career path, you're just doing the bits you enjoy. So, that is going to change all the time. Yeah. Come on then, what's your one year goal? Okay, so one year goal is to have a feature published in a national newspaper. That's dead easy. It's been the one year goal for a long time. Yeah. That's um, to get, in terms of freelancing for journalists, to have more video content, whether that ends up being TikTok or something else, that's mm. something that we haven't done. And I think is probably a natural step that fits with the other things that we do, how we go about that, I'm not sure. Um, and just generally less firefighting, more organised, planned work, and less spending all my weeks firefighting and doing things at the last minute, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like a short deadline, but then there's a limit, I think, to how much your brain can cope with. Um, so for five-year goals, we've moved from having the one feature in a national to it being a regular thing. That okay. That's one part of what I do that, yeah, that makes there's sense. lots of mainstream publications that I work for and I have a real portfolio of that. Um, I'd actually put down another book, which I think might surprise you, um, yeah. because I think I always make a strange noise whenever you mention writing a book. <laughs> I think there's enough distance between the previous book that I can appreciate. I really enjoy having the book. And actually, it would be nonfiction for me as well. But the fact that I go back to our own book and ref and look up things yeah. <laughs> and refer to it, I think it's, yeah, you know, I'm using it as a resource. It's amazing. But yeah, I think if that could be done in an organised, manageable way that wouldn't, send me into a tailspin um I like the idea of having another book as well uh and I think second time around I would understand the process a bit more and that might be a bit easier anyway um and yeah I mean I the five-year thing is a bit difficult isn't it so this is really kind of abstract and nothingy I like I just I really I enjoy the freelance work I've done and I've done it for years and I can't see that changing maybe other than who I write for so then I started thinking about freelancing for journalists and yeah, just to really kind of properly embed it as the organization for providing resources, support, training in freelancing. Yeah. Um, That's but, good to know <laughs> because it could have been like, yeah. I'm yeah, I'd just like to give it up, Lily, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but again, that's a bit, it's just a bit of a, overarching thing there's no real yeah um specific things there okay so we were going to finish with three action points yeah for each other 
Have you actually written some? I have for you, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got four actually. I'm gonna make you go first because I still need to think. <laughs> I've got some notes here. I've made some notes, but I'm thinking. Okay. Um. So. I. I don't know if the best way to do this is like maybe this is like once a month, but once a month say no to something like actively say no and in when you do say no set that time aside for the other things that you want to do um or or you or you already have that time set aside um and that is your motivation for saying no basically so the reason you're going to have that time set aside is that you are going to start sending those pitches to nationals. So again, you can just build it up like once a month, I'm going to have my space where I write my pitches or pitch to send to nationals. And that is my time. And I'm going to say no to stuff to enable me to do that. So that's kind of two, two or three. Um, my other one was to ask for more money. So maybe just like pick one place that you work for, maybe set up like a virtual coffee meeting with the editor or whoever's in charge of the budget and just have a very frank conversation with them and say, you know, I've been working for X number of years. I've got this X expertise. I'm, I'm aware that, you know, you rely on me. I'm in a unique position. I think I'm worth more. I understand your budget's constraints, but kind of how much room for negotiation is there um and the worst thing they can do is say no and you're in the same position you're in now so it's a shame I can't get you as my negotiator as my agent (laughs) that came out very well (laughs) I have to listen to this back and just like make a transcript of that um and I suppose the final thing would be to do the teaching is to kind of just start looking around um other universities obviously you used to do teaching up at Sheffield Uni so it might be worth get back in touch with them or other places where there might be online opportunities yeah and just start exploring those avenues so those would be my action points for you okay these are good action points I find that mine might be a bit more boring okay so the first one is well one and two are to tie together so the first one is to come up with an idea and pitch a long read article yeah because that's you're very good at coming up with ideas and just doing it, but that's going to require sitting down with some more with, it's going to require more work basically to sit and come up with that considered idea, how that's going to, um, you know, what that's going to look like. And it would be good because it would tie in with number two, if that could be, a long read on something to do with running. I knew you were going to say that. Have a look around. <laughs> are there publications? I believe there are that do long read articles mm. about something related to running. And is that a way into a new publication? It doesn't even have to be a publication that specifies that is about running. Yeah, yeah. But that is something that you really care about, and that's come out through all the different aspects as 
all the different things we've talked about today yeah. there's been an aspect something to do with running so a long read requires a lot of um investment in your time and yeah, your ideas yeah. so you want to be doing it on topic that you really genuinely care about but it's going to take longer to work on it's not going to be a have an idea on a tuesday pitched it on wednesday written on thursday job yeah. so yeah you're gonna have to set aside the time to do that and the other one my next point which i may regret because i have a feeling it might involve me <laughs> is to write a book proposal yeah to actually write the proposal basically mm. for any book ideas that you have pick one and I know that one that you've got um but there may be others and do your research into the publications that uh, the publishers sorry that you've already done that bit okay you've done that bit right write the actual proposal yeah then to because it yeah. can take a long time to get that stage done and it's one of those other things that even when you've had the idea, because it's a bit intensive, isn't it? It it gets pushed to the bottom of the list when there's lots of short deadlines yeah. happening. And um, so is it a thing like just ripping off a plaster and uh, getting it done because that yeah, was like the in. thing you said first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I'm pl- yeah, I'm planning it in, just having like, this is, I don't know, the week or whenever yeah that I get this done yeah yeah just making sure that doesn't fall to the bottom of the to-do list Mm. because other things have shorter deadlines and are actually commissioned and yeah it could easily just slide couldn't it yeah that uh yes so we've done it Lily we did our appraisal and we've both come away with things that we actually have to do yeah what's our time scale on this yeah <laughs> no I don't know maybe since we've done this as a, a kind of dual exercise we should check in with each other uh in September yeah or, okay. or later if you like and maybe after six months and see where we're at we could have a progress report yeah in six months time okay okay so this is time to bring this episode to a close. That was good. I think that was definitely a really useful process for me. And, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, obviously we'd already written our notes beforehand. It doesn't have to take a long time to do. And I think it is worth investing in yourself and really thinking about the bits of freelancing that you want to do, you don't want to do, where you kind of want to go with it. Um, so, yeah, we'll put the outline we used in the show notes in case anyone is interested. Yeah, I think it's definitely useful talking it through with someone else as well. It's, it's almost like just talking out loud, like where you're at, how you're feeling, what you'd like to do. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really useful exercise to kind of to go through it yourself. But I do, I would recommend talking it through with, with someone else. Um, yeah, let us know how you get on. If you've done an appraisal and, and you found this useful, then, then let us know. And if you want to know more about any of the stuff that we're doing or our plans, the stuff we've talked through today, then head over to freelancingforjournalists.com. Also, come along and follow us on Twitter, where we're at Freelancing4. You can follow us individually. I'm at Emma Journal. And I'm at Lily Cantor. Uh, and if you haven't already, come and join our Freelancing for Journalists Facebook community. 
um, maybe you can meet your freelance buddy who you can go through your appraisal with. Um, also, hunt us out on Instagram. And you never know, we might turn up on TikTok at some point as well. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, we're going to be recording Series 6 in the autumn and we've got some great topics lined up. So we'll be back after a nice long summer break. Goodbye for now. Bye.